it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on Ordinary Money. And we're back for episode 33 of the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name's Joseph Petrovic, and I'm here with Angie Sparks again. Hey, Angie. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm splendid. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm like, I'm okay. <laughs> Wish I could say I was splendid. I'm kind of jealous about that. Well, as we were getting ready to go with the Award Travel 101 podcast, we'll start out with the post of the week. And you had a post that you noticed from Anthony Cave, who we met in Minneapolis a few weeks ago. That's right. Which is kind of funny because I don't think he had been planning to come, but all of a sudden he's like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> um, Anyway, so he had a post. It was a really very specific question about an upgrade option for a flight for his birthday trip. It wasn't, you know, like a super tip or anything like that, but it really kind of highlighted the importance of community and what this group is about. And, you know, before I started award travel, anytime I had a question about a hotel or a location, I'd go to TripAdvisor. Well, you know, now TripAdvisor's changed a whole lot. It's not as good as it used to be, but that's kind of what this was. He's like, hey, I want to see, I've got an offer to do an upgrade on this particular flight. Is it worth it? Is it worth paying the price? And he wanted people who had firsthand experience flying that product to chime in because it was a long haul flight going from economy to premium economy. I personally probably would have paid it even even if I didn't get firsthand experience just because that's a long flight to go in economy because I think he was flying to Japan. But it just, it highlights the importance of what you can get out of being in the Award Travel 101 community is firsthand knowledge about award flights and hotels and things like that. Yeah, I think, you know, the sense of community is very important. And we talk about this frequently when we have our meetups and all of that, because that's really where it all comes together and having people come out and being able to answer the question. Everybody has different experiences going through this and... You know, I may not always have the answer. You know, we have general knowledge of uh, many topics, but having nearly a hundred thousand different members who've probably done something like this at some point in time, they, they can all weigh in and, you know, crowdsource that information. Yeah, exactly. That's the good way to look at it. So let's hop on over to some news and we have some new lounge openings and Mike would be excited about this. Yes, he would. So uh, <laughs> when Capital One, I, I guess was when they launched the Venture X card, they started opening Capital One lounges and they, you know, were like, oh, they started with the one in DFW, which I've still not been able to get into, but it's supposed to be great. And they had a list of other lounges that they were going to be opening and they kept getting delayed. And delayed and delayed. But finally, the one in Dulles has just opened. And I know we're going to get some reviews on it because we had some members who were going to be flying through there. Um, and I think Mike is one of them as well, who's going to go and check it out and let us know if it's as good as the one in DFW and how the crowding is. I think based on what he researched, it's probably a great option if you are originating at Dulles, not so much if you are doing a layover there. So. That means I will probably never go to that lounge. 
No, I probably won't either. If it, if it's too much of a pain, I know Mike likes to hike around and I think I slowed him down when we were in Minneapolis because I was like, I don't want to go all over to a million different lounges. Let's just go to the best one. And uh, even though that was a hike, we didn't end up going to all the other ones to get a feel for it. And I know he likes to be able to answer people's questions when they say, hey, which is the best lounge here or there or the next place? But uh, to me personally, you know, I want to go to the one nicest place. And then from there, I'll head up to you know, my flight. Well, it depends on how long my layover is, if, if I'm going to lounge hop or not. If it's going to be a short layover, I just want to go to one, get some food, get a drink, just chill, and then go to my gate. But if I've got some time, I'll lounge hop and check it out. You're not going to be able to go to the Capital One lounge anyway, because you don't have a Capital One card. So no, I, I wouldn't <laughs> be able to, but, uh, and that card may be on my list down the road. It just, it was for the longest time, we were actually very much considering replacing our Sapphire Reserve with it. But then when they killed the yep. Priority Pass restaurants, that ended all dreams of being interested in that particular card. Yep. So the next thing that's going on is there is a limited time increased offer on the Hyatt Business Card, but it's a tiered bonus, which I hate tiered bonuses. So the first level, though, isn't too bad. You know, 60,000 points for fairly modest spend, I believe, but it's that second you know tier that you have to spend I don't know, like $12,000 or something just to get an extra 15,000 points. I don't think those are exact numbers, but it's one of those, I think I'll go and get an ink card instead and I can transfer those points straight over to Hyatt. But now I don't have the business card because again, I'm not team Hyatt. Do you have the business card? I do have this card and I find that placing spend on it is useful in times where you're trying to earn elite night credits. I have not put a lot of spend on this card. Last year, I did the 50,000 spend so that I could get the 10% bonus back. The problem is, is that you don't get that 10% bonus back on awards and it's capped at 20,000 points back. So that means that you have to have 200,000 oh, points in bookings in order to get the full 20,000 points back. But the for people who have smaller or more modest businesses like me, that, uh, you know, it took me half the year to get to that. So that meant that I wasn't getting discounts on my award stays prior to completing that 50,000. And when you're looking at something of that nature, it just, um, I did it because I was looking to also earn the elite night credits. So I managed to pull that off, but I missed out on some savings because of course, you know, I had a lot of bookings where I could have been saving earlier in the year. So you only get it for the remainder of time after you hit the 50,000. With this particular bonus, I guess I don't find it very enticing to uh, hit the tiered unless you're able to very easily. Right. Yeah. Next, we have the Southwest Companion Pass and uh, updates with the Southwest promotion. So you want to tell us a little bit more about these? So if it's one of those that you can earn three times the companion pass qualifying points on qualifying flights or something like that. There's a limited time, you know, book your flight by such and such a date and, you know, take the flight during this. And it's on paid flights. It's not on award flights, obviously. So if you have some paid flights going on, you know, hey, it's worth it. I've got the companion pass until the end of 2024. So it's not something that's going to move the needle for me to change things that I already have booked. Um, 
but I'm, you know, always up for earning extra points, but I don't think these are spendable points. It's not like you're earning 3x points that you can then turn around and redeem. These are just the qualifying points, like that bonus they give give you every year to help you requalify for it. Yeah. And if you have the credit card, so it's the same, it'd be the same case. So if you have the credit, one of the co-branded credit cards, you're going to start with 10,000 qualifying points towards companion pass. And it'd be in this case, so whether you earn maybe 5,000 points normally on it, you would earn 15,000 qualifying points, if I'm recalling this correctly. We'll have the link in the show notes for the exact article so you can see if it even makes sense for you to do. I know we'll have one paid flight, I think. But again, I've got the companion pass, so it's I'm not going to go and rebook anything that I currently have booked just to take advantage of this. Yeah, next we have Virgin Atlantic cutting transfer fees. And have you paid attention to this at all? It's something that's uh I think is kind of exciting because a lot of folks through the pandemic were kind of stranded with some points and a lot of times the airlines make this challenging. So if you have points in a given airline and you want to transfer those to somebody else because maybe they have some points and you're they're trying to make a booking, I think this is something where Typically, you're looking at the cost is around one and a half to two cents a mile or point to transfer. Virgin Atlantic has stripped these fees away, and it would be nice if they allowed you to do it for free, but $15 to transfer whatever amount of miles. So if you wanted to transfer 100,000 Virgin points to a friend or family member so that they can make that booking or somebody wants to transfer to you, there's now a capped fee of $15 to make that transfer. So I think it's going to be something that, you know, for those of you who have Virgin points, you know, maybe stranded there, you can kind of combine them all into one place. And for 15 bucks, I think that's a heck of a deal. That is, that is a good deal. I hadn't paid attention to that at all. Um, I've got some points stranded there from the pandemic and I I know I'll be able to use them, you know, for my annual flight on Delta that I take every year. I'm sure I can find something and they don't expire. So I'm not concerned about them there. It's not a ton of points, but that is helpful to. Yeah, it's something not I'll put in my trip update. So I'll just share a quick thing here with that. I was looking at the different ways to use these and my dad had mentioned that he wanted to, uh, as we're starting to put together our planned dad and, and son trip for the future, he says, I want to do a, you know, like a cruise, like a Mediterranean cruise or something of that nature. Uh-huh. I look and I was like, you couldn't have told me this like last week I know. Uh, or just before this thing expired with the 80,000 and the particular cruise we were looking at. One of them was that on that Virgin Cruises on that 80,000 point list. I was so mad. <laughs> I bet I bet that that's going to come back again because I have a feeling that they get a lot of bookings out of it. Um and people, that I, I've seen mixed reports on Virgin. Some people absolutely love it. Other people don't. But especially for a Mediterranean cruise, though, you're not on the ship. It's not like a Caribbean cruise where you really, you care about the onboard amenities. On a Mediterranean cruise, you get off the ship as soon as you dock. You come back and, you know, as close to departure as you can. You eat dinner and you go to bed, rinse and repeat so you can do it again the next day. So it's a floating hotel is what it is in that case. And if I could do it for that cheap, I'll sign up for it. I was just already too booked this year with other trips to be able to add one in, but I think they'll have that offer again. So 
Maybe I'll hold on to my stranded virgin points for that. No, it's something that I was, I just, like I said, I looked at it and the dates even lined up with when we were uh, looking to travel. And I just said, man, what terrible timing. This would have yeah. been nice because I transferred all of those in. Uh, I know a lot of people have been taking advantage of the 30% bonuses that have been offered, but I transferred them in a year and a half ago and at 40%. So Man, that that would have been that's like fifty seven thousand points transferred from that's American insane. Express. So, yeah, what a deal. Next, we have purchase Finnair points, and this is something that if you're looking to travel, we we rarely recommend speculatively transferring or buying points, but this is a deal that could be pretty valuable because Finnair points you can with this bonus they're currently offering it's a hundred percent bonus you can buy their fin or finair plus points for just under 0.7 cents a piece at 0.69 cents each and why is this exciting angie because sometimes it's cheaper to buy the points and book an award flight than it is to actually pay cash for the ticket itself and not only that but in 2024 and it's expected that it'll probably be early on in 2024 when the IATA season changes, that this is going to die away into the Avios program. And, and so now you will have purchased Avios for about a cent a piece. And you can use those Avios for British Airways, Iberia, Aer Lingus, Qatar, and now Finnair. And you don't always have to use those to fly on those particular airlines, though, either. You can kind of combine all those points into one account and you can use them wherever. So if you want to happen to use British Airways to book an American Airlines flight, you want to use them to book Cathay Pacific or Qatar or, you know, one of the other partners where this may be useful. You can find out that in Asia and sometimes in Europe, there are opportunities to use these Avios points without taking the heavy hit on the fees that they charge for flying into London. Yeah. I still probably won't do it. <laughs> it's just an option. I mean, it's rare that you find the ability to buy points like this for one cent a piece. And I'm thinking about it. I, I don't know if that I'm in yet, but it might be something that's interesting. I kind of have to think about it a little further. Now, let me ask one question on this, because I know that this is something that um, our listeners are going to want to know about. Most of the airlines, when they sell points, they sell it through, what is it, points.com or something like that. So it does not code as travel. I think American actually sells their own miles, so it will code as travel, but points.com just codes as other. What about Finair? Do you know? I do not know the answer at this point in time, and there's nothing in the article stating either way what will happen. You can always give it a shot using a travel card and see if it'll pay out, and that's usually what I do. So I would probably use like a Chase Sapphire Reserve or something like that, or maybe even use a card you're looking to hit a new to new welcome bonus on, because at that point, you know, you're not losing anything in travel. So maybe it'll help you complete a bonus on your next card and That'll I'll have something that I can share with that in a little bit here. Okay, awesome. Finally, we have an increased offer on the Marriott Bonvoy business card. And that's an Amex card that is not a Chase card. Uh, they have upped the bonus. It's been 75,000 points for most people. I think I've seen it uh, targeted here and there for 95,000 points. But 
as of this recording, it is now up to 125,000 points. Should folks get this? Yeah. I mean, obviously, it depends if you're under 524, although it's a business card, so it doesn't affect you. Your issue you have to run into is Marriott has those really convoluted application rules. You know, if you've gotten a personal card within 24 months, and I, I can't even tell you what all of them are. I know I ran afoul of trying to get a Chase card because I had gotten the business card and it was too soon. I had to wait 24 months between the time I re- applied for the business card before I could, with it, which is Amex, before I could get the Chase boundless card. So you need to check what the rules are first. But if you stay at Marriott's and you want to collect, you know, be earning extra elite night credits, the business card comes with 15 nights. Add that to a personal card that comes with 15 nights. You got 30 nights. You're more than halfway to platinum status at that point. And this card comes with, I think, silver status, which is nothing. If you get an Amex platinum card, you've got Marriott gold right there, which doesn't get you a whole lot. It does get you late checkout. I've consistently gotten 2 p.m. checkout with that. But you don't get free breakfast or anything. Platinum's really where the benefits start kicking in on Marriott. And but that's one of the reasons why I got it, so that I could go ahead and in a year where I knew I was going to have a bunch of Marriott stays, I was already more than halfway to platinum status. So it would be an easier, an easier thing to achieve at that point. I like I like the offers that people get all excited when they have the offer where it's like, ooh, five free night certificates. And yeah, if you have a specific stay and you can use those five free night certificates that are valued at, you know, 50,000 each or whatnot, that's potentially really valuable. But free night certificates expire. You can't always find a hotel that will accept the free night certificate. You can top them off with an extra 15,000 points. But if all you've gotten is this card that comes with the five free night certificates, you don't necessarily have that extra 15,000 to top it off. So. I prefer these offers that come with points that don't expire and I can use them when I need them, how I want them. Well, you know, it's Marriott still. <laughs> Hopefully how I need them and how I want them. So, but I already have a card, so I can't get it. And that's actually a long-term keeper card for me because it comes with an annual 35K free night certificate. I just used my free night certificate at the Rand in Minneapolis for our meetup. Cash rates weren't terribly expensive, but hey, it was free. Free is free. No, I, I've gotten great value out of those 35K certs. And we actually used one as well. And I have this card also. I will say one of the things about the increased uh, bonus on the card, it also does have increased spend. So it has an $8,000 minimum spending requirement. Typically, I believe that when I signed up for this card, it had maybe like a three or 4000 um uh, dollar minimum spend requirement, but again, the equivalent at that time, and it was a Starwood card at the time. Oh, that's but today so in Marriott co- points, that would have been a seventy-five thousand point bonus for something like three to four thousand dollars spend. Now you do have six months to make that right. eight thousand, so you do have expanded time. But as I was starting to say earlier, the thirty-five K cert, I topped it up with, I think it was seven thousand points, and my wife and I stayed at the Ritz Carlton in Cleveland, which was uh cash rate was going like five, six hundred dollars a night with taxes yeah. and all that. So I mean, it's a heck of a deal to be able to use, you know, that cert along with a few points. So if you wanted to say from a points perspective, it was well over a cent a piece from that redemption value. And if you even looked at it and said, hey, I paid $125 for that cert plus points, still a steal to stay at the Ritz-Carlton, even if it's in Cleveland. Right. 
<laughs> I liked Cleveland. No, that, that it's a nice hotel, and I I used both of mine. I have the personal and consumer Amex cards on this side because I do have the Legacy SBG card as well. And when we had our meetup in Cleveland, I used both of those certificates there at the nine, and the you know it was thirty five thousand points a night. I think one of the nights was actually slightly over thirty five, so it ended up I had to spend two thousand points on top of the two certificates. But it was like seven or eight hundred dollars for the the night. So again, right. very well to have these in hand. And I think Marriott Bonvoy, and we'll talk about this in an upcoming episode. I think Marriott Bonvoy is a very underrated currency. It's not a great credit card from earning in most people's uh, wallets because certainly there are cards that can earn a lot greater with bonus categories. But it is an underrated currency because there are programs you can transfer your points into. It has one of the largest airline transfer partner lists um, outside of perhaps Aeroplan. Aeroplan might be bookable now with as many airlines as Marriott Bonvoy. But there are some programs you can get that you just wouldn't be able to access if you didn't have Bonvoy points. And there are times where if you need to top off something like American Airlines miles, everybody talks about built as being the only transfer partner to American Airlines, but they forget that Bonvoy also transfers to American Airlines. Not a one-to-one, it's a three-to-one. So it takes 60,000 Bonvoy points to get to 20,000 American miles. But if you had find a web special that's like 7,500 miles and it's 400 bucks, that's a no-brainer to me. Right. So there are certainly times, and we'll talk more in the future, about cards that are, or point systems that are underrated, undervalued. And moving on, we have trip updates. So Angie, a couple weeks away. I know. Two weeks from today, I will be there. I'm very excited. Actually, by the time this airs, I will be getting close to getting on the flight. So I have changed my positioning flight to Bali. I currently had, and well, I first originally I had a spirit flight booked. Yes, let's all just laugh and <laughs> chuckle at that. And they, of course, changed it by 12 hours and that didn't work anymore. So then I switched it and I have an American Airlines flight booked. And the benefit to that means I will land in the terminal. Since I'm going to be flying on Q suites, I can access flagship first, the flagship first lounge. And, you know, there was enough of a layover. But my friend who I am meeting in Chicago, we're flying together. She's flying in on Delta and she's getting in earlier and she'll be landing in Terminal 5. And I went looking to see and there was a Southwest flight that got in about the same time as she does. And it also goes into Terminal 5. So we'll make, we'll go lounge hopping. We'll make the schlep over to the American terminal to go to the flagship lounge and hang out there for a bit before we schlep back to Terminal 5 to take our <laughs> Q suites flight. We're actually in the, we're in the packing discussion stage now. And, you know, what do you bring in with shoes, all that, all that kind of the fun stuff. So I changed that. And then about a week ago, I actually want to say this happened last week when we were recording the podcast, American had a deal where it was 60,000 points from Australia to L, that, that was hard to say, Australia to LAX and vice versa. So. When I got off the, I, when we got off the podcast recording, I checked my email and I had an alert from Thrifty Traveler Premium letting me know about it. And I went and looked and currently I have a flight home book. I had already had a flight home booked on Delta, but it didn't get me all the way home. It just was the long haul. And I'm like, let me see if I can get all the way to Tampa. 
I was not able to get the 60,000 points, but I was able to get it for all the way to Tampa. I think it's a hundred thousand points each. And the last leg is, you know, that red eye long haul overnight. Well, it's not the long haul. It, yeah, it is. It's LAX to Tampa and it's an overnight, but it's a first class at least. So there, there's something there. And so I'll keep looking, but I went ahead and grabbed that because that's a better option than what I already had. And there's the benefit of booking award flights because I can turn around and cancel that Delta flight that I already had booked and boop, back into my account, no fees, and I'll get everything back on that one. I was pretty sad about missing that and not paying attention because I was, uh, I think I was busy getting ready for a cookout and I did not catch that in time. There was an opportunity to change. I also had the Delta one coming home from Sydney for our trip. Mm -hmm. If we all end up going I know you guys are all, I'm still up in the air, but I'm up in the air, but I really want to, but back for March of 2024. And if we all end up doing that, there was an opportunity to switch from Delta one to American and get me all the way home. Currently Mm -hmm. I'm flying into LAX for, you know, under a hundred thousand sky miles. And then basically from there, I had to book a United flight. I was like, I could end up getting all the way home for 60,000 American miles. And I just, uh, it timed out. By the time I got got it, the flights were gone. It was still showing up in their system, but they were out of inventory. So kind of bummed about that. Yeah, I had to change my date that I currently already had booked because the date that I already had booked a return was, you know, 340,000 points versus the day before was 100,000. I'm like, come home a day early for that. Yeah. But again, I'll keep looking to see if I can find something better. So how about your trips? What's going What are you doing? Well, last week I talked about the trip I booked with my son. And this week I'm just going to say that I successfully ticketed United Airlines Awards with Turkish. Yeah. So I was able to change everything since I had booked it with United. I was able to easily cancel the economy awards. I was able to get one of the legs. So it's three segments total. It's Cleveland to Chicago, Chicago to LAX. And then the return flight is nonstop home from LAX back to Cleveland. And uh, the two flights there, I got ticketed in business class both ways. Um, And that's pretty cool because the second segment is four plus hours in Polaris on a 787-10. So that's the brand new Polaris product. I got my son the odd row. So he's got the really nice kind of almost enclosed suite. And I took the the seat behind him that juts out to the aisle. So it's not quite as good. But for 12,500 Turkish miles each, which were expiring from a trip that we had booked back in 21, where that we ended up canceling, we had flights to Hawaii. I had 30,000 Turkish miles that were set to expire at the end of this year. Uh, that was a nice way to burn 25,000 of them and have confirmed business class all the way through because I was kind of counting on upgrades to get me there. And maybe they would have happened. Maybe they wouldn't have. But when I can confirm it using miles that were going to expire anyway, it's even better. Were you able to book it online or did you have to call? No, Turkish miles have not been star partners, I guess I should say. So Star Alliance awards have not been popping up available on the star booking tool in Turkish. So Nick Reyes has written many times on Frequent Miler about using Turkish miles. And he had just happened to recently released a post about booking using email. And I completely overlooked that and I'd kind of forgotten about it. I'm like, oh, shoot, 
you know, these are Saver Awards. I knew they were Saver Awards. And I have a post on Award Wallet that will be coming on after I return. So it's uh, going to be a few weeks out before that post comes out. But telling exactly how I did everything. I also wrote a post in Award Travel 201 describing the process and how everything worked, the timing of it all. And it was pretty awesome to be able to get those ticketed. Um, I ticketed the way back too. I saw that there's an economy award coming home and there may be a few tricks that I share in Award Travel 201 about how I'll get that upgraded as well. So awesome. that was kind of cool. I mentioned in a few episodes ago that Mike and I were talking about doing the pancake run out to Seattle <laughs> uh, with Eric. We made a, a few little changes to that program. And so instead of flying out, we're flying Cleveland to Pittsburgh to Seattle back to Cleveland. And they're running this triangle for about five weeks because uh, traffic, I assume, is pretty low. They have nonstops from Seattle to both Pittsburgh and Cleveland. And I assume that during that period of time, they're just not selling any tickets. And so they're running it to Cleveland, picking people up to Seattle from Pittsburgh, then flying to Seattle. And instead of just making it an overnight and flying back home, I think we decided that it would be kind of cool to check out um, the air, the air and space museum. There's a mm -hmm. aviation museum out there. I don't know if it's air and space or if it's some kind of airline thing, but they have Boeing, the Boeing yeah, factory the Boeing. out yeah. there. And we figured that we'd stay a night and an extra night, I guess, because we are staying a night no matter what. But we're going to stay the day and then uh, go home the next morning, catch up with Eric and do the pancakes in the the lounge. And, you know, I was going to count on getting guested, but we'll get more into that with what bonuses did we get. So finally, the Chasing Business Preferred, it's done. I had less to put on that card than I thought I did. I you know, like paid two bills and I pulled up Chase just to see, you know, how much more do I have to go? And it's like, you know, pending points, 107,000. I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. Um, so that card's already locked up in the safe. And as soon as the statement closes, I will get that and transfer it from P2 over to my account. Then I am actually holding off on opening more cards. I have mentioned previously that we're talking about downsizing. And we'll be able to sell our house and buy something else without really having to take out a mortgage. But the way the timing of things is working here, the market is so hot. You have to basically just, if you find a house you want, you have to buy it right away. And so I actually talked to a mortgage broker and it's one of those, we'll get a pre-approval, blah, 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 all that stuff. But just in case we have to go that route from a timing standpoint, I asked her, I said, you know, well, so here, here's my hobby. <laughs> so you'll see that we've opened quite a few credit cards over the past <laughs> couple of years. And she said, it's actually really not an issue with our credit score and, you know, everything else that we'll have to show. She said, but it will be a pain to have to explain because every time you get a new credit card that'll pop up, you're going to have to talk to the underwriters and explain it. So I'm going to stop. And most, most business cards won't show up, but there are a couple that they do. And I got burned on that the last time when we refinanced that I had gotten a, I think it was a Barclays AA business card thinking, yeah, I'm cool. It's a business card. Nope. And there it goes. It pops right up on my personal credit report and I had to explain it. So I will not be opening anything for a while. I don't believe. And I've actually closed a couple of cards. I closed my Quest card. I closed my Alaska business card. And I have a business platinum card that the annual fee just posted. 
So I, I'm not even going to try for a retention offer because I really don't want to keep it. I need to wait though for like one more credit to post on it before I can actually just straight up close the card. So I, I'm in, I'm in contraction mode versus expansion mode, I guess is the way to look at it. What about you? Yeah. I just added my technically my 40th card. We talked about having 40 cards and I had 39 accounts between player two and me as of last week, but I got the new American Airlines executive card and that's what came with a hundred thousand mile bonus. As of the time I got it, I got it at the last minute because it is now down to 70,000 miles, but it, it was something that I looked at and I said, you know what? I have an opportunity to knock out some bills. I have some expenses coming up through the business as well as quarterly income taxes. So those between those two things, I'll easily knock that out. And because I'm well over the 100,000 loyalty point mark at this point, it also give me 20,000 loyalty points. I'm at 135 right now. That'll give me another 20 just bonus because once you hit those two tiers, they will give you 20,000 loyalty points, 10,000 at I think it's 60 and another 10,000 at 100,000. I'm already over it. So you'll get that 20,000 loyalty points as it comes through. And that'll put me at 155. And then plus the spend on the card, I'll probably have that. So I'll be, um, you know, 10,000, another 10,000 plus loyalty points hitting close to the next choice award, which is 175,000 loyalty points on my way to executive platinum status. And that'll give me the option to guest either get some, what is it? The lounge passes, which I won't need because now I have the lounge card mm-hmm. and, or I could get some miles. I could uh, choose 25,000 miles. I could choose two system wide upgrades. I believe it is. And then the other one though, that I'm leaning towards is actually giving gold status away. I can Ooh. give gold status away to two people. So, um, pick me, there are, pick me. <laughs> <laughs> there are, there's a reason to do that. And for my family, oftentimes when I'm oh, looking darn those for people. <laughs> four people, well, I can give two away. I think it's oh. give two away. So one of them I could give to, to my wife. And the reason to do that is if I'm, Flying with more than two people, my status really doesn't mean anything uh-huh. because I can't get complimentary upgrades on domestic flights. And uh, if I give gold status to one other person, you can basically carry that status forward. So if we fly and there happen to be four seats uh, that are upgradable, now we could all get that. The only negative thing there is that if I don't split the PNR, which is the reservation, if I don't split the reservation up, my status doesn't mean give them any priority. It goes down to the lowest level status. So all four uh, people would get upgraded as if we're golds instead of as me with the executive platinum status. So there's something, there are other little perks of the card. I really don't care what the other perks are. There are some cash things that are pain in the butt as far as credit are concerned. And then there's like Grubhub. I think there's a $10 monthly Grubhub. There's a credit with Avis, which I might use. I don't normally rent with Avis, but with hitting the 100,000 mark with American, you automatically get president circle with Avis. So I might, you know, test them out and see if I can use this credit in some meaningful manner. And then the other bonuses, I'm very close to hitting the 15K spend on both my World of Hyatt consumer card and my surpass for 
extra free night awards. So that's where I'm at with bonuses right now. Sounds good. That wraps up what bonuses did we get? And let's jump into our highlight feature, which it doesn't have to be super long, but unlocking the magic with business cards. That's right. So there is a nice post in Award Wallet on the blog called How You Can Get a Business Card. And you don't need to have some multi-million dollar business to be eligible for a business card. It can be something as simple as tutoring, dog walking, selling something on eBay, being a reseller, being a a credit card consultant, as a matter of fact, (laughs) could possibly be a great business. The benefit to having business cards, and I think I got my first one shortly after I started the hobby, actually, there was a deal where you could go in branch to a Chase branch. And if you applied in branch, I can't even remember what the bonus amount was, but you got like an extra 10,000 points if you applied in branch. And at the time I went in and, and so this, you know, like the glory days, things have changed quite a bit since then. I walked in and I didn't have a business at that point yet. It was like, well, I'm thinking about starting one and everything, you know, I'm going to do this. And it was going to be like, you know, one of those clothing things or whatnot. And a friend of mine sold some skincare thing. And so I told the banker, I'm like, you know, they said that you should have a separate business card for all of these expenses. I'll be darned. They approved me right there in the branch for that. And that's kind of how it started. And and since, and I applied as a sole proprietor, every business card I have, I've applied as a sole proprietor. And now it's more for, I, I, I truly am. I'm a credit card consultant. And so I can sit there and have a big conversation about my business. You know, one of the keys to it is when you apply for it, you know, you're not going to lie and say, oh yeah, I have a business, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. You have to have something. But you can use your household income as well. It doesn't just have to be your very, very modest amount that you earn from your your business. You can add whatever your your paycheck includes as well. And I have quite a few business cards now. Yeah, did you tally them? At some point I did, but no, <laughs> I didn't. I think I've got I've got four Chase business cards. I'm probably about 10, 10 business cards, I think. Yeah, I was surprised I had... I- didn't have more. I tallied them up specifically as we were talking about the notes in this episode, and I only have 15. I thought I'd have quite a bit more, but one of the benefits of getting a business card also is that it doesn't impact your 524 count. So if you're looking to continue to unlock the chase magic and all the ultimate rewards or your Hyatt or your United cards, you need to remain under 524, which means you have not applied for five or more cards in the 24 months preceding. So if you're able to get business cards, and there are a few exceptions to that we'll get to in a moment, but the other benefit is is that those business cards often have much larger bonuses. So if you're getting a Freedom Unlimited versus an an Ink Unlimited, there's a very big difference as to what you're looking to earn as far as a welcome bonus. You know, 75,000 points versus 15 or 20 is a huge difference as far as what you can do with those points. And there are oftentimes people don't realize that, you know, just because you get one, the other part of it is, is that you can't get another. People think, oh, I got an ink unlimited. Now I have to get a different card. 
if an ink unlimited serves you well and you want more, you can get another ink unlimited. You can get three, four, five, six, you know, however many <laughs> ink cards you'd like to get. You can do this with American Express, even though they say you can't. There are oftentimes offers out there that will bypass their once in a lifetime limit language. Those are called no lifetime limit language cards, card offers, and you can get those cards again. So if there's a 150,000 business platinum offer, You've probably heard Angie talk about a few of these cards <laughs> that she's gotten over the, you know, the past several years and just continued to stack those up, earning those huge bonuses. They do come with fees. So you certainly have to be aware of that. But without that impact to your 524 score, then you can continue to ride the line. So, or ride the fence as I often do on 524. I think I just hit 524 with this executive card. So I have to watch out, but I have more personal cards coming off soon. So I'm not that worried about it. And I don't have any immediate cards in the chase system that I'm really looking for anymore. I currently have 15 of my own plus an authorized user card. So there's really nothing in the chase system that I'm really considering holding out for anymore. Right. One of the issues that with a lot of business cards, though, um, especially the ones that earn transferable currencies like the Amex ones and the Chase ones, they do have a higher spend requirement, though, than either their personal counterpart or some of the co-brand cards. The co-brand cards, like we mentioned talking about the uh, Marriott card previously, those are a lot lower spend requirement. You know, like if if you get a no lifetime language offer for the business platinum card, 150,000 points, yay, but it usually requires like a $15,000 spend. So I save those big ones for when I have a big expense like property insurance, property taxes, federal taxes, things like that, that I know it'll make it easier to hit that one. And so the ones that do impact your 524 that we have a definite firsthand reports that these do, there are some Discover cards, which I didn't even know Discover had business cards because they are so not on my radar. Capital One. And what was interesting is when I had the Capital One Spark Cash, it did not show up on my personal credit report. But one of our members said that she has, I guess, the Capital One Spark Miles, and it does show on her personal credit report. And as well as that Barclays AA business card that I mentioned, that shows up. Um, so you want to be, if you're, if you care about 524, you need to be mindful of which cards are going to impact you. And Barclays is one of those that it showed up for me when I did it. Cause you and I, I think applied very close together when we got the, the first iteration of that. And I've heard reports that say they don't do it any longer, but, uh, both yours and mine did at that time. And it definitely right. impacted my ability to get further chase cards because we were under the impression at that time that they did not. And they most certainly did. And it did stop me from getting, I think there was a nice offer on the Freedom Unlimited at that time that I was trying to get. And so P2 ended up getting the card. I didn't, but it will stop you in some cases. And that may be a, your mileage may vary situation. When it exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's also some opportunities, again, for people who are big spenders. So if you have like an Ink Preferred or an Amex Gold, there are certain target categories where you can get, you know, 3x, 4x, 5x on spend. And if you happen to spend a lot on internet sales and advertising, you got to spend a lot on shipping, on 
different categories that these cards have. And you happen to have a lot of spend. We have uh, many members in our groups who have big spend in these categories. And I'm envious in some ways because you look at it and you say, these cards have caps at $150,000. You think about the Amex Business Gold or the Inc. uh, Prefer to have $150,000 caps. And these members can do three, four, five of these cards per year. You're talking about, you know, 600,000 points per gold card and, and 450,000 ultimate rewards on an ink preferred. Man, I know you're just maxing up these points like crazy. My girlfriend who I went to Africa with, she owns her own advertising agency and she has two Amex business gold card and an ink preferred and she maxes them out. And what that means for her is she doesn't have to, what do you want to call it? Penny pinch her points. She's like, yep, I, I will take that. I don't care if it's a horrible redemption because I can turn around and I can regenerate those points in a, in a hurry, which I hate that. I'm so jealous. <laughs> and the key to that, you know, we talk about the no lifetime languages. You can get multiple Amex business goals even without that no lifetime language, but you may not get a sub. And in her case, you know, she's getting 4X on $150,000 worth of spend. That far outweighs any sub yeah. that she's bypassing. So she doesn't mind in that instance. So it's, you know, do the math on that kind of thing. If you can max that out, go for it. Don't, don't worry about yeah. missing out on a sub. Don't worry about missing out on 60, 70, 80, even 110,000 points when you're going to generate 600,000 points a year. Right. There are certainly opportunities to get multiples of these cards. Again, Amex has a 10 card charge card limit. So, I mean, you could get, if you can spend, you know, one and a half million dollars a year, you could get 10 of these Amex gold cards and business gold cards and generate 6 million points a year. So, you know, go for, you know, whatever's going to do best for you. Just don't carry a balance and get charged, you know, 35% annual fee interest. So that's something to keep in mind. Exactly. But let's say you do have to carry a balance. These don't show on your personal credit report. You don't want to pay interest, but some of these cards will come with a 0% APR. I mentioned that I had that on my Chasing Unlimited that I opened that I was like, wow, looky there, I didn't know it. I'm going to borrow Chase's money for the next nine months and just, I, I make the minimum payment every month, but I don't have to worry about paying off my whole entire statement. And I don't, it's not going to show up. There are all kinds of zero APR cards on the personal side but then that's going to show up on your personal credit report. So I'll I'll take a business card for zero APR though. Thank you very much. Yeah, I know some people who use this to fund bank account bonuses and do things that are a little bit more advanced in strategy to earn interest or do investments. And those are all carry different risks, but you certainly can find ways to make money on their money using these programs. So... We'll leave that for another episode at some point in time. And let's jump into the tip of the week. So the tip of the week this week, don't book rental cars through the travel portal. Just don't do it. Some of the credit cards that they come with a a credit and you have to book through a portal to be able to get that credit. Uh, I think City Premier has one for hotels. Chase Preferred has one, like 50 bucks off for hotels. The most famous, famous, I guess is the right word. One is the Venture X has a $300 travel credit if you book through the portal. 
And we've had members recently that they go and they book a rental car thinking, oh, that's the easiest because, you know, we tell people don't use the portal if you can avoid it because it just adds an extra layer of complexity. Well, the problem with booking a rental car through the portal is you're prepaying it. And, you know, you can't really use auto slash then to, to track it. A lot of those prepayments, they're non-refundable. I much prefer to use any of my portal credits for a boutique hotel or a hotel where I have no status. Even if there is a loyalty program, you know, I, maybe I'll book an Omni or something. I will never stay at enough Omni hotels that I need to worry about their loyalty program. No, don't, don't book your rental car. I think we had some lady that she posted yesterday or the day before that she did book through the portal just to get that credit. And all of a sudden she gets something from the rental car company that she owes like an extra thousand dollars on what she thought. And she's having issues with, you know, Capital One being like, nope, that's what you booked. And the rental car company be like, nope, this is what you booked. So that's my, that's my emphatic tip. Yeah. I don't ever book a non-refundable uh, or cancelable rental car. And oftentimes I book a very last minute with the rental cars too. And that comes to some other things that we're able to access in the, you know, discount codes and things of that nature. So it doesn't really matter when I book it, the price is going to be the same. However, you know, for a lot of folks, if you're using a tool like Auto Slash, you can save a lot of money by knowing that these prices change on such a enormous basis. We talked to right. the founder of Auto Slash uh, back during the pandemic, and he gave us some insight into how frequently these things change and it can change every 15 minutes. I mean, and if you're able to save some money, you know, I found that often when I was not using a discount code that, you know, 10 days out, seven days out, three days out, there are a lot of times you're able to keep rebooking and saving money. And so it never bothered me to book a, a car that used to cost 900 bucks for two weeks. And then, you know, by the time I actually ended up doing and it would be like maybe 300 or 350 mm -hmm. for two weeks. So, you know, it was always nice knowing that I could book it. I just had it in mind. But now knowing that I can do this very close in and get the best deal, that's the way to do it. Yep. And with that, if you have questions, you're free to join us in the free 99,000 member Award Travel 101 community. And if you'd like to jump into more intermediate and advanced strategies, our Award Travel 201 community, $89.99 annually, but it does include a subscription to Award Wallet Plus, which is $30. It's filled with those who want to dig into the weeds looking for more outsized value. To book time with our team or to discuss how to better your earning and burning strategies, check out our award travel one-on-one -on -one consulting service. You can also email us at contactawardtravel at gmail.com. And if learning in person is more your style, check out our spring meetup in San Antonio, down by the Riverwalk at the Hyatt Regency, the host hotel, where we'll be having our next meetup on April 26th through the 28th of 2024. Thanks again for joining us. Support the Award Travel 101 community when applying for your next rewards card. And we'll see you next time. Safe travels. Thanks. Bye. Have a good day. Bye.